a royalty-free song must only mean one thing. It's time for Hotline Monday with Scott and uh, Justin Robert Young over there. Hello, Justin. Oh, hi, Scott. How are you? I'm fantastic, uh, man. How are you? How are you recovering oh. from Hollywood's greatest <laughs> night? Is that what it was? It always is. Is it, though? Because here's what I because I made a comment this morning I would like to throw at you right up top here before we even get to why we're talking about Oscars or Hollywood or any of that shmim shmam. Yeah. Okay? I... <laughs> I watched very little of the Oscars, but there are parts of it I did see. And the parts that, uh, that gave me the most pause or left me the most, mm, I don't know if the word is shaken, but feeling a little sad for humanity sure. was any time there was a a shot a little bit above and over everyone's head as they were all filing into something. And this isn't actors and our biggest, brightest stars in Hollywood. We're talking about the sea of producers' wives and secretaries and all those people right hollywood the, the yes yeah. the industry crowd okay yeah. if you zoom in on faces they were some of the most sad downtrodden bottom of the barrel humanity expressions i've ever seen in my life and it looked like people were miserable and i don't mean just miserable because their their suits hot or this tux is too tight or any of that i mean existentially miserable at the Oscars. It's a long thing. Yeah. Oscars. Yeah. You know, it's a long event. It, it, it really, and you can't just piece. Like, once, you're, once your category's done, that's a faux pas. That, that's, that's gauche. That's not to be done. So you can't just be like, ah, all right, well, uh, I won or I didn't win. Yeah. Deuces. <laughs> 5,000. Like, you got to stay there for the whole time. And, like, you know, hell, when it was like getting... Pushing on 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 late in the evening West Coast, mm -hmm. you know when when they finally wrap, which is my favorite part of the Oscars, by the way, mm. is when they say spend literally four hours just farting off, just <laughs> farting in their hands and throwing it at each other, right? <laughs> and then they got to jam in the only like thirty minutes that people care about right. and have talked about constantly into five minutes plus all the high-priced advertising yep. that they sold for those moments so it's literally it's it just you know oh big expansive spread for every comedy bid and you know everything mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's just like uh all right uh morgan freeman all right well well uh acting is great and these ladies sure did a lot of it there was the one lady and the other lady anyway we don't have time brie larson oh okay well how about this guy comes out oh, uh, uh, oh i don't know we're leo dicaprio he wins he wins ah crap we have five seconds left uh oh under the spotlight Spotlight's here. Everybody come out. Uh, we think this is great. Bye. Yeah. And that's it. And then public enemy. Drop the mic. And then that's it. Yeah. yeah. And then Chris Rock is, is, is out of here. So here's what we want to hear from yeah. you guys. This is what we want. Thoughts on the Oscars. What won that you liked? What what didn't win that you liked? Uh, or or that, you, that made you upset? I saw a lot of racially charged uh, uh, issues with, with the Oscars. You can call in with that. Although, fair enough. This is something that's recorded, so so make sure that you mind your P's and Q's, yeah. your racial opinions, and yeah. make sure that they're going to be good to 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 live long into the ether of recorded uh, uh, history. Yeah. Uh, but but we want to hear it all. No holds barred here on 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 Hotline. Monday. Yeah, like how many? I want to hear how many of you can call in 
and and I'm not trying to bait here, but I want to know. I never bait on the internet. You're a master. I'm a master of my debating. <laughs> no, I want people to call in, and I want you to just tell me how disappointed you must be in your heart of hearts that Mad Max Fury Road didn't take home the two big prizes. Okay, you, and, and we can we can we can get to to this caller right after this. I'm sure someone's looking to bang down the door and yell about that. Yeah. How about this? Oscars got the lowest ratings they had in seven years. And you want to know why? Why? I know Al Sharpton's excited. I know that. For reason. Mm. There was a movie that broke all box office records that came out. The public was excited for a movie, the likes of which they <clears throat> have been ever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, it would have been really nice. Yeah. Is if you could mix in all this conversation. Oh, I don't know. Spotlight. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the uh, Brooklyn. Uh, an immigrant's tale. Oh, the Danish girl. Mix it up with a movie people have actually seen. <laughs> how about that? Well, how about there are ten slots they used eight. They could have taken a ninth and made it Star well, Wars. Just, I mean, like, hey, if you become the highest-grossing movie domestically of all time, you want to know what? Let's just throw you in there for best picture. You ought to, you ought to, you ought to default in. I agree. I don't disagree. I'm not even saying it should win. They want. Yeah. A caller. Where are you calling from? Yeah. Where are you at? Hey, I'm from uh, Florida. Florida. What part of Florida? Uh, what part? Uh, well, uh, right now I'm actually driving up to Orlando from Fort Myers. Oh. Oh yeah. No I sense. know it yeah. well. I know it well. What are you gonna? Are you gonna go to Harry Potter World? You're gonna go to Gatorland? Yeah. So I'm gonna go to Harry Potter World. I'm gonna you know get some uh, butter beer. Some uh, you know gonna go on the rides and stuff. No, yeah. I'm just driving to see a friend. Okay. Uh, nice. Well, here, here's <laughs> yeah. what you want to okay, do. So ne- next time you okay, go well. Harry Potter World, little airplane bottle of uh, Captain Morgan. Toss it in the butter oh. beer. Oh man. Pro tip. Hold on, yeah, the butter. So wait, January. before you before you explain, what the hell's in the butter beer before? Because okay, so in the show, in the in the books and in the t- in the movies, there, the yeah. butter beer thing is treated like oh, it's this, it's kind of making p- these kids loopy, but somehow magically it isn't alcohol because they're minors. Not, so no, it's just it, it's delicious. <laughs> it's just tastes good. Is that it? Just a good it's thing. Just, yeah, it's just like frozen cream soda. Oh, yeah. Like, but I thought yeah. they were warm butter beers. No, you it's can- all cold. All right. You, yeah, yeah. You can, I, I but, you can yeah, up, but every time I've gotten it cold. Okay. I had no idea. I, 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 responsible I, adults. Yeah. <laughs> so Captain uh, Morgan with it? Yeah, just a little Captain. Just, a, you know, just, just, oh, hoy. All right. Well, what, are your, what are your thoughts there on the Oscars? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I just really like seeing, you know, Leo win that. And, uh, you know, if Leo was in Mad Max, that would have been great, too. You know, we could have gotten everyone happy here. He would have been fine. He would have been a fine addition to, to to Mad Max Fury Road. Let me just let me let me just say this: Leonardo DiCaprio. It's time for him. We've worked this long, Justin Harden, long to yeah. be from eating Gilbert's grapes all the way up to today, and many <laughs> many times in the middle where he could have should have won, and now he finally wins for Revenant, and he's had to maintain a fairly serious career during that time in terms of acting and what jobs he takes. Now yeah. that he has the big statue. Can't he just take some genre picks now? Can't he just be in a superhero movie now? His time has oh. come. Do we want him in a superhero movie, or do we just kind of want him in a comedy? Like, let's just start with a comedy. Get the Coen brothers. Tell them to make a movie that actually has a plot, unlike Hail Caesar, and 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 just put him in a, a bit of a, a wacky comedy where he gets to be a big, fat charisma monster, but we actually tell some jokes because the guy's pretty funny. Yeah, he can be. What did the listener from Florida? What do you uh, what do you want to see him in next? 
since he's not Mad uh, Max, you know, awesome enjoy. Yeah, yeah I would love a Coen Brothers comedy or, you know, even just another, uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino film, maybe. Yeah, he was he awesome can... in Django. Yeah, he and was I great think he did a great job in that. Is that the only? He's never been in any other Tarantinos, right, Justin? That's it. Uh, uh, no, no, so. that was that was that was it, and 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 he he definitely knocked it out of the park. You know that scene where he he uh, all is revealed in terms of the ruse being perpetrated by uh, Jamie Fox and uh, what's his German nuts? Uh, uh, the other guy, yeah, Stoff Volz. Christoph Volz, yeah. Christoph Wurz. Yep. Uh, as soon as that happens, uh, you know, in that monologue, he he injures himself and he starts bleeding all over the table. Yeah. He legitimately injured his hand. Yeah, just, real blood. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I saw Re- some director's uh, comedy or comedy director's uh, uh, cut thing deal where they explained all that. And I just thought, well, there's a guy's into his craft. There's a guy's not afraid to shatter a hand and bleed all over everything and Hence, keep intensity. going. Yeah. One, once more. With intensity. <laughs> uh, uh, caller, where, where are you calling from? Palatine, Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Simo, what's yep. shaking? Yeah, what's going on? Hey, hey, guys. Mr. Campus, I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you have run this into the ground, but I think I have a couple of unique perspectives on the whole Apple phone Oh, I would love to hear about this. This is a fine detour to take. I don't have a problem with this. Yeah, what do you? What's give us your? Uh, is it a new theory about the case or what? Well, it's a continuation of. It, it, it's something that I haven't heard anybody else talking about. And okay, if you if you go back a couple of weeks to when the and us the little Darren Kitchen who is like at a pay grade way higher than me in terms of you know hacker stuff. Mm-hmm. He mentioned something in passing, okay, that I don't think I've heard anybody else talk about. And that is, he said, what you would normally do, now Karen, does, Karen doesn't come from the iPhone world, right? He's an Android guy. Mm-hmm. So he's really thinking Android here. But he's saying, well, you would, if they got rid of the, you know, putting in your code, what you would normally do to brute force it is, you wouldn't do it on the phone. You would put it onto a field program gate array machine so you could really throw codes at the really fast. And that would take, for a four-digit all-numeric code, a few days. Hmm. Well, in theory, okay. yeah, it could it could significant. I was in on theory. that. I, yeah, I was on that episode, and he he of DTNS, and you can significantly reduce the time it would take to hack that code. That is correct. Right. And, and then he talked about, and I think this is significant when you think about this, the next time you're asked for a PIN code, he said that, wasn't it a six-digit alpha or numeric PIN code is years? Yeah. You immediately go two more, two more uh, slots, and you're now, now you're talking, yeah, you're talking years. And, and by the way, I and want... And he opened it up. Yeah. And oh, that, that 5C that they're talking about, I don't think has, I think it still has the four-digit, not the... I think so. I think only I the think six it, it plus and success plus have... The ability yeah, to do alphanumeric codes. All right. right. Well, 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 so what is your what is your okay. your, your take? All here? right. How do you put in your pin code when you unlock your phone? Well, if I'm not using my thumb thingy, I'm I'm poking it with my finger there. Yeah. You're poking it with your finger, right? Or and my or my your, no or sometimes my ample my thumb? ample manhood my ample penis sometimes that. Right. There you go. Handle it like a like a like he's a rodeo cowboy. Yeah. Anyway, so we are not on terrestrial radio here, folks. No, okay, we're not. So, all right. Now, uh, can your iPhone USB unlock 
to do iTunes from your computer if it is locked remotely over your Wi-Fi? I don't know, man. Chemtrails, uh, 9-11 was an inside job. I don't know. It makes you go unlock the phone. They're asking them to invent a version that, if it's an API that exists, they certainly haven't exposed it to anybody else talking about, you know, things we just mentioned there. Uh, Okay. They're asking for a version that I can brute force. Yes. That is what they're asking. Yes. That's what the FBI wants. Now, Here, let me. Oh, he said now, and I cut him off. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what. Every once in a while, folks, yeah. sometimes you just go ahead and get the the, the old Sandman to, to brush you off the stage at the at the Harlem Theater. That's exactly right. Uh, Sorry about that, caller. Uh, uh, sir, where are you calling from, or madam? Hello, caller. Oh, me? Yes, you. Oh, <laughs> Wait, what's your name? Uh, Greg. Greg, where are you from? New Orleans. Ah, New Orleans is great. That's where we took the jazz from you, and now we have the jazz. <laughs> well, yeah, no, well, yeah and we took the, here, Scott. We, <laughs> that's a good point. And we took the uh, Charlotte team. Oh, that's true. You did, didn't you? Oh, you wait, do you have them now? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they, yeah, they named it the Pelicans, Pelicans instead of the uh, the 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 Hornets. Uh, uh, Nolans, what's on your mind? Yeah. Uh, the, so the Oscars. Here's here's kind of thing. That, that people don't understand is it's it's a whole bunch of people that really don't know about movie going experience. That Chris Block uh, thing, which he did the last time he hosted, was when he went to the movie theater and he asked, "Hey, have you seen these pictures for best for best fit for best picture?" And he would no. Who, wait, I missed. No, no, no. So, no, yeah, you, you're absolutely right. And this is what I was saying before. There's there is literally no excuse. For a industry award show to not have Star Wars among their 10 best picture, because this is why they went to 10 best picture nominees. They used to have four or five, right? And those were were always something that that they would have to uh they'd have to guard, you know, maybe it's like, okay, no. Star Wars, no Avatar is ever going to make the top four or five, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But if we bring it out to ten, then maybe everybody can can reward the indie movies that they think are 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 growing the art and the craft, right? But mm-hmm. we can also actually put stuff in there that people have seen, uh, <laughs> and that just makes the award show better. But instead, they just find more indie movies. It's just <laughs> like no, now we want to have. The artist too. This time, there's there's no color and no sound, and also no mouths. We yeah. edited out all the mouths, so you could only uh, see people's eyeball movements to reflect this stirring drama. Ugh. Speaking of existential dread, uh, okay, this is this is uh, this is a really good point you bring up. Yeah, they can't let on that that industry is about. Many times, and the, and the money that fuels that industry, they do not want to let on that a lot of times that money and that fuel comes from raw, popcorny, stupid entertainment. They are yes. unwilling to admit that. And why? Because they want it to seem like this, quote-unquote, art form that is this has this broad appeal, and that which is true, but they want it to make it seem like everybody's going out to see the little arty-farty movies. And they're not. They're seeing Star Wars. They're seeing Mad Max. They're seeing other stuff. I can understand why they want to do it, though, mm-hmm. right? Like, I can totally understand. Because we, as podcasters, if we had an industry award, 
we would be bummed if it was just the the, the big gigantic things that would win every year, right? Yep. You know, we we would want podcasts the likes of which that we do. We do the indie filmmaking of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we're self financed. We have a a, a very uh, devoted smaller audience, right? We're we're the room. Mm-hmm. We are we are Brooklyn. You are that darling little Irish lady coming to America <laughs> and making decisions about her womanhood and and how that affects her racial identity. Mm-hmm. That's what you do for a living. So I I get that they want to protect that and I appreciate that that's where they're coming from, right? But at the same time, like uh, can I haven't seen any of these movies. It's okay to acknowledge them. In them. It is okay for them, in my opinion, to acknowledge that they exist, to at yeah. least get up there. I mean, without just doing dumb parodies like, oh, here's R2-D2 and C-3PO on the stage. Beep, boop, boop. Move on to the next category. Ah, yeah. Isn't that funny, kids? No, like give it the same, not the same, I don't, the word isn't reverence, but just, I don't know. Maybe this caller has a take. Who's this and where are you from? Uh, this is Bjorn Lodvar Larsen calling you from Norway. Oh, that is awesome. Bjorn, give me that whole name again one more time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. My name, <laughs> I've emailed you before, dude, and uh, yeah, it's why my name funny then, too. I know, and it's awesome. Sounding like a, and you started sounding like a German. Everything like you do, here. listen, every time I hear from you, either by, via email or a call like this, I'm reminded <laughs> yeah. of the great actor export from the land of Sweden named Peter Stormare. And what a what a what oh, an yeah. international treasure that guy is, and you, oh, yeah. your name reminds me of him. So congratulations. What's on your mind? Well, um, I... I I, I I have no idea if I'm on topping because I just tuned in your into your Twitch and and I have no idea what you're talking about. Tonight. Oh, we're talking about the Oscars. Actually, this is good. Let's get a raw, uh, cold take from somebody in a different place about our beloved American well, Oscar awards. Well, I wanna I wanna ask you about something that I find strike, striking as a cultural difference between my country and yours because. Uh, when I listen to CMS, as I often do, you always t- you often talk with to Brian about uh, things that you watch and don't watch with your kids. And uh, the reason that we don't watch things with your kids, it's um, almost always about the sex. <laughs> yeah. It's almost never never about the violence. Yeah. And to me, that is a very American thing. And I think that you and Brian are very uh, seem to be very progressive. And very liberal people. Sure. Oh, and I, by but, the um, way, by the way, well, you know what? This this is a really good. This is a great topic. I'm going to explain this in detail. Thank you for the call. So I'm going to explain this, and Jerry's going to hear it for the first time, maybe yeah. ever. Yeah. No, go ahead, because this is also another thing that you're that people outside of America are just fascinated. They by. truly are. Uh, our Puritan love, ways. Like, like in my country, we have boobs <laughs> all over the place, boobs and vaginas and penises, and they just dance around, and they teach our children how to spell, spell. and they, they uh, show us how to cook. Uh, it is the best. Uh, you Americans so prudish. You want to watch a, a head explode instead of a beautiful penis just uh, flop around. <laughs> They love talking. No, they about do. It. They do like bringing it up. I get this from a lot of people, including you know some that are close to us, like Patrick and others. So, and it's usually French and Norwegian, by the way, is where I get this from. Is that where you get a lot yeah, of? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but that's specifically where I get it. Okay, so the 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 deal is this: Why am I okay to say sit down with? I don't know. Let's use Nick as an example. He's my fifteen year old. Let's say I want to sit down with him and watch a movie, and we choose to watch. 
I don't know. What's that one with Keanu Reeves where it kills everybody? Uh, John Wick. John Wick. We sit down and we watch John Wick. That is a violent, head-popping, gun-toting thing, right? I would prefer that kind of movie at his age. I would prefer he and I watch together, not him off on his own, experimenting in which movies he wants to see, because... I'm a parent who likes to think about things that happen that kids might be impacted by. That's all. So sure, I'd like yeah. to do it with him. Sit down with him. Watch You're it. You're getting to the end of that, right? right. I, like, am, I am getting to the tail end of that. That is correct. Yeah. He, he should be getting into some, you know, he's just out there by himself exploring movies. Correctly. Right? Like, correct. But we also have a tradition of he and I enjoying this stuff together. So like tomorrow, he and I are going to see The Revenant together. We haven't seen it yet. Sure. So we're going tomorrow night. Uh, he's, this came out specifically because of, of, uh, Deadpool and whether or not he was going to see Deadpool. Yeah. And I've gone through the whole story about that before, but, but, but I'll surmise it just to say this, the reason sex scenes make me uncomfortable when I'm watching them with my children yeah, versus John Wick or something is because I can say, you know, this John Wick business, those are all, uh, exploding blood pads and stupid this and that and the other thing. It's all make-believe. Nobody's actually dying. That's something I can teach them early, and it's easy sure. to have it sink in over time, and they know it. They, they intrinsically get, oh, well, this is just for fun and excitement, and it blows off steam, but there's zero people being hurt here. Yeah. When I sit down with, to me, it should be obvious, but if I stand in a movie, there is a explicit sex scene, and I'm sitting there with, say, my daughter watching wait, an ex wait, explicit, go ahead. How explicit, explicit? Sets. So let's say there's, I don't know, there's a, there's a, there are boobies out. There's a, uh, a thrust, slower. thrusting. There's okay. the, 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 uh, the, uh, the obvious in and out is occurring, that sort of thing. Uh, I'm immediately. <laughs> the <immediate> obvious <laughs> in and out is the name of this episode. <laughs> I'm easily, I'm very uncomfortable doing yeah. that because Especially when they order off the menu at the obvious in and out right you know, exactly. ask for something animal style that's just <laughs> but then you say well scott you'd say it in your norwegian accent scott how come it is then that you see this and this does this you cannot also say this is make-believe you see this and then you say no this uh, you have violence uh, exploding uh, a beautiful act it's a beautiful uh it is how we are all here <laughs> You're kind of you're kind of making my point for me, actually, because this is part of my problem. Yeah, is that there yeah. is th there is this thing where well, all right, so so to the point, when that happens, I'm very uncomfortable, and the reason I am are various, and uh, they're not all what you might expect. One of them is it's just strange to be sitting on a couch next to your female offspring while people yeah. are doing it on a screen. It just well, is. And if it isn't for you, I think you're lying to me when you tell me that, when people tell well, me that. You know, th there is a cultural element to it, right? Sure. You know, there's, there's a, it, it, is, it is weird to us because of the things that are around us and how we were raised. And, and there ain't no, in my opinion, there ain't no wrong or right to it. Right, you know? right. Uh, it, is, it is just how it is. And part of it is the fact that we are based on a puritanical society, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There's a little bit of that, that kind of, uh, is is the 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 baseboards for how we got here? Now, I would make the argument that you know seems like this puritanical society thing's been pretty sweet so far. <laughs> you know, like uh, I'm not saying I agree with every element of it. I'm not saying all of it was necessary, but things have worked out. And and in the old maxim, 
If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. it. It is just something that's fascinating to me that other people find it fascinating that we have more of a capacity mm-hmm. for violence instead of sex. Yeah, and I would say to, to, to just give it one more tiny personal spin on it for me, it would be this. I, <laughs> I believe, this is me, okay? I'm not trying to describe this to anybody else. That's not even the right word to use, but I'm going to use it anyway. I believe that when a you are presented with a depiction of violence, we have no connection to that because we're not violent family. We don't think of it in any way other than this is dumb entertainment. Sure. When, we, when I witness something like the act of sexual intercourse happening on a screen and I'm with my kids, other things come into play. Their own personal development, their perception sure. of what sex is, whether or not the women are being uh, objectified on screen, whether this is equal uh, man-woman sort of depiction, uh, meaning that she is not being uh, treated poorly or he's gruff and ugly and old and she's hot and young and beautiful and what precedent does that set? Like, there are a lot of nuances here is what I'm trying to say. There is no simple, oh, you're puritanical. It's not it at all. I'm not well, a prude. And when I say that that it's a puritanical society, I don't necessarily mean that you are a puritan, that you have a belt buckle hat <laughs> and, you know, you're like, like, oh, I don't know. Should we watch John Wick? Well, the compact we made with the Lord on the way here to the new land dictates that it should be John Wick and not John Dick. Uh, like, I, I don't think that you are that. It's just that's, that is part of our society, right? No, like, I, I completely agree with you. 100% agree that there's culture there for sure. But as a parent, I am just telling this guy he's. I don't. I don't I'm know. If he's, just, it's just sometimes it's weird, man. Like, yeah. and, and we all find different things weird. Why do people get weirded out by spiders? They ain't. They ain't gonna kill you, right? Mm-hmm. Why do people get weirded out by mayonnaise? Why do people turn on the Maury Povich show where he runs and throws pickles at people that are scared of him because it makes for good television? Why? Because people have different predilections and opinions on certain things. This is a cultural one in America. Uh, and and whether or not it's good or bad, who knows? I just don't know why Europeans are so fascinated. By they it. are, in, yes, or or yes. That's a, I mean, you know what? We could leave it at that because there's more to say. I could say more about what it means to live in a instant on pornographic society where any of us, anytime, including right now, if we wanted to, could look up anything we wanted. Sure. There's something we, about that. We, we diverge in our opinions on whether or not that's healthy. Right. Exactly. But I think it's very healthy. <laughs> And, and you do not. And that's fine. Because reasonable think... minds can disagree. That's true. This looks like a number from not in America. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello there. Hi. I am Andreas. I'm calling you from London. Um, so I'm not quite sure if you're still on the topic because my computer lags a little bit. But this is about sex and violence in movies. Oh, go for it. Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So I am Greek, and I've lived most of my life in Greece. Uh, recently, for the last couple, well, last ten years, I've been in UK. Now, my perspective on sex and violence: um, a couple of things. First of all, you have to understand that a lot of Europeans uh, perceive Americans as being uh, maybe a violent country. Now. I am not one of these people, but the reason for that is, for example, we saw the the war in Yugoslavia, we saw the war in Afghanistan, we saw the war in Iraq, and a lot of countries, including my country, didn't take part in these wars. And, you know, we're just seeing that. And because America is this big, big country that, you know, we have our eyes on on you guys, you know, we we, we saw that as, oh, look at this country, you know, they're doing all these wars. And little did we know, 
about the reasons. And unfortunately, our government didn't really inform us about these reasons. Mm. Now, take that a step further, and we're going to movies, right? And we see violent American movies and things like that, which we love. I, I think everyone that's going to say doesn't like it is either lying or a very, you know, it's just a, you know, one of the few. So we like these movies, and then we see Americans play these movies, and we're thinking, oh, look at that. They do love violence quite a lot. Now, if you want the reality of it, I think most of us Europeans are kind of similar. So when I went to watch, uh, for example, the, um, what the, uh, the William Wallace with my dad a few years ago, 15 years ago or something like that, yeah, yeah. Braveheart. Oh, Braveheart, yeah. You know, I knew my, yeah, when, when the violence happened, you know, obviously I was 15 years old. I didn't know, my, I knew my dad was not like a axe, you know, murder or something like that. So I was cool with that. It was very fun to sit there with my dad. When the sex scenes, though, were happening, you know, I could see my dad being awkward. Of course you, know, you could. Even, even though he's European, of course he's a little awkward because he's your dad, right? Exactly. Exactly. So when Europeans say, oh, you know, Americans love violence. They don't like sex scenes and all these things. Take that with a little, you know, with a pinch of salt. That's that's all I would say. All right. That's, that's fair point. Thing. And I think I agree with you. Like, my, I guess that's my entire point. Yeah. This is a parent thing. This has very little to do with anything else for me. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with any of my... Like, I'm not... I am not that guy. By the way, I don't trust people who do this, what I'm about to tell you. But I'm not that guy that's picketing and saying, we must have this movie removed from the theaters. It contains a boob or whatever. I am not that guy. Those guys are usually sneaking around anyway, so don't trust those guys. But I'm I'm the guy (laughs) that's just in the house going, I desire good quality familiar relationships. And I desire to be a force of good in this little tiny crowd i have some stewardship over so it'd be nice if when i sat down with them i kind of had an idea of what was coming up and whether or not that thing's going to be weird and it's not just about me it's about them feeling weird too they don't even because by the way it is weird the other way too because i've definitely been involved in in parental situations where my friend's parents were almost like too into proving the point that it was really rad to watch sex in front of their kids and yeah. movies and art and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, like, oh, look, nothing weird about this, kids. Let's all understand that this is a natural thing. And it's like, <laughs> all right, man, like, I, I'm not, I understand and appreciate your point, And I get it that you are trying to bring your own little bit of change into our society. But at the same time, I don't need this obvious thrusting going on while I'm here as a 13-year-old boy, like possibly getting a boner in front of my friend's mom. Like it's just an odd situation. Yes. You gotta understand. Yeah, you said it, you said it well. Hi. Oh, we just lost whoever that was. They'll call back. I think I picked it right at the last second, too late. Uh yeah. So <clears throat> to to I, I think that he made a really good point, and I really appreciate his perspective. There's an honesty to his call. That you don't hear very often. It's so easy for me to see a video of something terrible happening in, I don't know, Iran, and not have any idea about some of the great education you can get in Iran, some of the fantastic culture that is certainly in Iran, some of the most beautiful landscapes ever in parts of the world I've never been, because all we hear about is the edge stuff. And that's all you hear about us. Even if it's not wars and stuff, all you're hearing about is that we hate sex and we want to kill everyone. And well, that's just so I mean, that's, you know, uh, global reputations, I think, are a very funny thing. And, and, and you know, I, I, I don't know. I've known plenty of every Iranian I've ever met has been a rad person or any family that's immigrated from Iran. I've known that has been super rad. Uh, 
So I don't know. Because so, I mean, you've had her, because you've had a real experience, representative or anything. Right, you right. know, it's just you've had know. an actual exposure to real. Uh, to keep on the Iranian metaphor here, or not metaphor, sure. but the example. That's why people listen to this show about <laughs> geek culture are Iranian <laughs> metaphors. <laughs> it's because of personal experience, right, caller? Who's this? Hey, it's uh, it's Ian. I am sci-fi. Hey, hey, man! It's always good to see your your name floating around the chat room. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, so, uh, talking about the, uh, the back and forth in and out a little bit and, uh, taking it back to, uh, to the Academy Awards. Um, (laughs) so, uh, I, over the last two weekends, uh, what AMC does a best picture showcase over a two weekend period and they show all of the, uh, the best picture noms. Great. So I, so I had the, you know, the, the privilege of being able to actually see all eight of these movies, six of which I'd never heard of until they were nominated. (laughs) But, uh, talking about, uh, good representation of relationships and stuff like that. Brooklyn is absolutely your cup of tea, Scott. Like that is, it's, 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 I mean, it's like a historical period piece, uh, about discovery and coming to a new place. And that is exactly my MO. Like I freaking love movies like that. So so yeah. I guess I guess I should have said this earlier, and I'll and, and I'm and I totally want to let you finish. I just want to say this one thing because you, you brought it to my mind. Uh, I don't. I want an industry where the nerd films and the stuff that gets blown off as just cheese and popcorn movies yet makes all the money. I want those to continue to always be there because they do fund the smaller stuff, whether that's directly or indirectly. A, a very successful Disney Marvel uh, set of releases helps buoy up the industry as a whole so that I can get smaller experiences like Spotlight, smaller well, experiences yeah. like Well, oh, yeah, you know, Spotlight, that movie where the Incredible Hulk and Batman and Sabretooth all expose <laughs> child pedophilia in the church in Boston? Wait, I don't think Batman was in that. Oh, yeah, Batman was in that. Batman was in it. Yeah, Michael Keaton, the yeah, real Michael Batman. Keaton. Yeah, yeah on, on national television last night, walking to accept his Academy Award for Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, that was the best gif of the evening, as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, and, sorry, and continue Spotlight, on. Spotlight was, Spotlight was fantastic, by the way. I yeah. mean, I, I, I had picked it as my number one, but I in no way expected it to actually win Best Picture. So when it did, I was pleasantly surprised. So what'd you, I, everything I, about I, I, it was I great. No problem. I got no problem with Spotlight winning. Right. Spotlight yeah. should win. Movies like Spotlight mm-hmm. should win. I saw some people here in the I think it was uh, uh, as rule in the Twitch chat that says, hey, Spotlight needs the attention. Star Wars doesn't. I'm with right. you, homie. I'm with you. It should win. <laughs> but guess what would make that movie that that show more well watched mm-hmm. if you had a whole three months leading up from the initial uh, uh, nomination announcements to the uh-huh. award show saying, does Star Wars deserve a, a nomination? Should right. Star Wars win? Let's look at all these people that were in Star Wars. Oh, wait, Star Wars is crushing Spotlight. Spotlight really deserves it. And then Spotlight wins. You get a bunch of sweaty nerds yelling on the internet today. We could have had a better show. We don't. We have the show that we have right now where we got to start talking to Greek people in London about whether or not boobs are okay because they <laughs> to give it a nomination. Let Spotlight win. That's fine, right? It should win. It will always win. Spotlight will always get best picture. I'm just saying throw some of these other movies that people have seen so we can at least have a dialogue. So you're saying... 
you're not you're saying that it was very we're being very specific to your charge at the beginning of all this conversation that the that the ratings were down and i've heard some to say some today say that was because there's no black people and then i heard other people say that's because all the white people who are mad at the black people don't want to hear about all the black people that aren't in hollywood like that's yeah. all I heard today, but maybe just maybe. Speaking of of, of uniquely American obsessions, yes, we we instantly made it all about mm. race and 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 on on both sides where we oh the the ratings are down. Well, it's probably because of race. Mm. And it's like oh okay sure, or because all the movies that were being talked about, nobody had seen any of them yeah. except for maybe Mad Max. Yeah, or or maybe just maybe. I'm not saying race, the conversation, the public conversation about race is important. I'm talking about the movie race about <laughs> Jesse Owens. <laughs> All of those things are good. I'm just saying maybe we shouldn't turn the awards into nothing more than that as the elephant in the room because that in itself isn't, how do I put this? It's a negative vibe. Nobody wants to stay on and watch all that because wow. they're just feeling this heavy thing in the air. Like, and what you want to be feeling is, oh, Alan Rickman died. I forgot about that. No, Spock died all this right, year. Here's the problem is that what, what we have here is a very local issue that we have now made international. Yeah. Right. Like there was a great thing on on uh, half in the bag, the red letter media guys that do all the the great Star Wars and Star Trek stuff. They got a movie review show called Half in the Bag, and they went uh, and did an Oscar episode on YouTube. Look it up; they're great. But one of the points that they made was that you got to understand the Oscars is a trade show, mm -hmm. and then they just went and showed a bunch of other pictures from trade shows over the last year, and it's like you know the the New Hampshire Pool Installation Awards, right? <laughs> and it's just all these other things that, again, are industry trade show awards. Yeah. That's what this is. So it's like, what is the problem with... Uh, uh, yeah, you can read a lot more into the fact that, uh, uh, you know, as Chris Rock said, Hollywood is sorority racist in that it's like, hey... You're great. We love you, but we already have one of you, so you can't come in because basically we got one, and it's Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. No, it's a different kind. Like I said, but this it's so local. It, it it is a problem amongst like thirty people mm -hmm. in America, and yes, they're influential thirty people, and yes, we enjoy the fruits of what they make. But it's like I, I don't blame people on all sides being vexed, confused, and angry. Because we are helpless to do anything about it. Because, again, it's an industry. I mean, it, it is like blowing up a problem in your house to a national level. Yeah. Where now people have to take binary uh, 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 one side or the other arguments on whether or not you let Nick borrow the car. Right? <laughs> well, he ain't it's doing like, that yet. But, like, for example, our, our water pressure is all jacked up because we have new construction around us. And all of these new pipe intakes for these new homes are starting to make a draw on the water pressure and are screwing up the way I, we're regulating it. This would be like me come and go into the streets and trying to make it every other municipality, every other small city, every other major city, and therefore the entire nation's problem that Scott's having fluctuations in his, in his water pressure and that that somehow is indicative of the overall temperature of the, of the planet. Like that we're all... We're all, at the end of the day, we've all become too reliant on good pressure for water. I completely, 100%, totally agree with you. And 
I don't know how you get around it. Like, if this was the pool installation uh, get-together in, in freaking Toronto or whatever, this was their expo, their trade show, their award show, they wouldn't make their problem of uh, not enough minorities working in the uh, pool business. They wouldn't have made that a national or international staged event. Well, I mean, like, I, I get why everybody made a big deal about it. Because inside that industry, it is a big deal. Right? Yeah. But again, this is a small... We are, like, focusing so sharply on a small community. And, like, yes, they have problems. And, yes, they should work through them. I guess. Right? Yeah. But ultimately, it's... It is an industry problem for them that then, like, yeah, they focused a lot on it because it was traumatic inside that industry for national press and attention to befall that particular ugly element that they could all agree that they want to work through. Mm -hmm. Also, it totally throws off all the other causes that they want to ram down our throats. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, global warming and yeah. racist yeah. you can't also be against climate change it just <laughs> sounds weird to be like anyway i push black people out of movies but for real what's up with that thermostat <laughs> hi you're on the air who's this hey it's todd in arizona hey todd in arizona i know it's warm I'm down hot, there hot, yeah what's going on man what's your what's your hot lick today well i was Bridging off of something Jerry said earlier about this being the trade show for the movie industry. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to what these people do as entertainers, because most of the people in the entertainment industry are also part of the advertising industry. And they've managed to convince us to care deeply about their trade show. Mm. Yeah, they yeah. have. No, I, you're, you're not wrong. It's a bit like... Look, we are trying, I'm trying every minute of this of the show, every time we've done the show three times now, not to bring up Donald Trump, and I'm going to do it again tonight where I'm not going to bring him up. But it's not yeah. unlike that. Like, we are being fed a brand, and that brand has led us to believe uh, that that this, this, this award show is important. Like, it's a meaningful exchange of ideas and people and that by the end of it we will either be made better or worse and it will leave a, an indelible mark on humanity and it's not yeah, true and even even that somebody else's opinion far away somehow validates or invalidates how we feel about a movie i don't right. get it yeah i mean well, I'm, I'm partly no, guilty though I I, the reason why is because we like arguing about it yeah we like having a definitive element for which we can now take a side on because if i say oh man i love room Room was the best. Yeah. I got a shirt that said "Room's great," and then you're like, "No, I love the charming Irish immigrant story of Brooklyn." Mm. Then, like, we don't have anything other than us just saying that, right? Right. But if we then say, "Oh wait, Brie Larson beat Sariarsi Rajmawal, whatever her name is, <laughs> uh, for best actress," now we can have an argument, and I can say oh, well, this was obviously a more complex role. And you can say, but this was so charming and actually had joy and made me smile at the end. And now we can have an argument based on the fact that there is now a position in which we can take binary opposite, uh, opposing uh, uh, takes on. Yeah, no, it's like my... I'm, I'm guilty of this in the sense, and very guilty of this in, this in this one sense. I followed from its release until its awardings yesterday 
Mad Max Fury Road in a way, in a way that others have not even come close to. I am so obsessed with that movie. I loved yeah. it, and I said the day I saw it that this movie will be nominated for Best Picture and a million other things, and no one believed me, and there's this big fight. For me to even have taken that stance and then been so belligerent about it for so many months and holding on to my, you know, keys for dear life, for lack of a better phrase, it actually makes sense. Uh, I... I needed it to happen so that I had this platform. There is no platform without the validation of them saying, you've been nominated, or you won six of them in a row and almost won the, the two that you really deserved, or or whatever. And even to this minute, I still say George Miller should have gotten Best Director. Well, why? Well, because there's this award show that arbitrarily says he wasn't, and I'm saying he should have been. So it's giving me it's giving me a hard rock to grab onto. Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. You're, you're totally right about this. This is a human nature thing. This is not an Oscars thing, is it? Well, it's just, we go to see movies. We then have opinions about these movies, and we want to argue about them. We want to have a conversation about them. We like to turn each other on to movies that we like. We like to talk crap about movies that we thought were terrible, like Hail Caesar. We like to uh, <laughs> just... Is it that bad? Is it that bad, that movie? It's not terrible. I just want to gratuitously let people know that it's boring. Okay. You know? Damn it. it it's, I mean, and, 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 and a lot of this is me just being upset by the fact that, like, Coen Brothers don't do wacky comedies all mm. that much anymore. Yeah. And, and, and I was so excited about this one. Me too. I was so fired up. Yeah. That you, that it was like right in that Hudsucker proxy wheelhouse, except like literally like nothing happened. The funniest part of the entire movie mm. is that George Clooney <laughs> plays a character. Stop me if you can believe he stretched this far <laughs> as a dunderheaded, selfish actor who is immediately uh, uh, convinced that communism's the way to go based on people convincing him over a span of 30 minutes. <laughs> See, I'd love the sound of that, though. Yeah, except it's about as interesting as somebody actually convincing George Clooney that communism's the way to go for 30 minutes. You think that'll be better over time? It'll cook longer in the oven and we'll look at it in 10 years and go, oh, man, the, that was better than we thought, Hail Caesar. No, it won't, because we'll say... Man, nothing still happens in this movie. Caller, where are you calling from? Hey, this is Scott from D.C. Hey, man. That's, uh, that's a cool name. Two T's or one? How do you go? What do you roll with? Well, so <laughs> I've, been, I've listened to the whole show, yeah. and what I came up with is, why don't you guys come up with some sort of, you know, Oscars version of the movie draft next year so you can argue about that? Because me personally... I don't ever watch the Oscars. I listen to the recap. I don't give a crap about the red carpet. I don't give a crap about any of that. Mm -hmm. I like the one, but all the rest of it, I could care less. You know what? The draft style stuff is a little more interesting. Well, let me tell you, you're like me then, because I'm, I could care less about what I call the people worship aspect of this. Uh, I think right. it's unhealthy as a society to put people on pedestals as if they are better than us in some weird way, uh, or even worse than us, but nonetheless on a pedestal. Uh, I think it's bad, dangerous for them, and just not good for the culture. So that's number one. They're basically our royalty, and royalty is always a, a shit show. That's number one for me. Number two, 
Uh, I didn't watch the Oscars last night. I should make that clear. I watched little bits and pieces because I needed to keep up on who's winning and who's not. But I did not watch the the three-hour uh, event. I didn't see the opening monologue. I didn't see the Lady Gaga thing in the middle. I didn't see any of that stuff. So, dude, you and I, uh, Scott's from a different mother. I'm completely with you on, yes, on this whole idea. Scott. What would have what would make you want to watch the Oscars? Is there is there an element uh, that you feel is missing or not speaking to you? <sighs> well, what? Uh, let's ask the caller what that. What is you, Scott? You <clears throat> talked enough, Scott from DC. All right, Scott from DC, go. Uh, the answer is no, because I don't watch any award shows. You know, I've been nominated for awards, and I didn't even want to go to those. <laughs> So, it's just not so, my so thing. you just don't like award shows, but I mean, like, like let's say, all right, but what, what were your three favorite movies from last year? Just movies that you personally enjoyed off the top of your head? Um, Mad Max, Star Wars, and probably Deadpool. All right, so let's say, even though Deadpool came out this year, screw it, we're putting it in. All right, there's now an award show oh, yeah. called The Scotties, and 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 the, there's those three movies. And it's an hour-long thing dedicated to those three movies and how good they were. And now a panel of experts decides which is the best. You would not be interested in that in that exhibition? No, because the panel of experts is going to be, you know, three 75-year-old white dudes who paid for it and one guy who actually know. <laughs> okay. I mean, again, Scott... You are, you are, you are, you're, 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 you're making a straw man. And by straw, I mean that they have blonde hair because they're white. Uh, you like, let's say it's exactly the panel that you want. The panel is selected by you, Scott from DC. I, I'm, I am convincing. I am stubborn on this. You would love that award show. Uh, <laughs> he's not convinced. Okay. He's not convinced. So. He's not convinced. Here, here. Okay, let me throw this into the cheese. All right. Here's the, how about this? What if the awards? I, I think for me it may be the format. What if it, we got rid of the format and instead it's a couple of chairs and a nice table? All right. <laughs> and it's two. It, it's two, it's two entertaining types. I don't know who they are. They're fun, people we think are funny. I don't. Sure. Know, I don't know who it is. But they. Uh, yeah, they banter a bit and they say, "All right, well, you got this Brooklyn here now. What's the deal with that?" Oh yeah, that's a, a here's a clip. Okay, great. Well, let's see how it did. Uh, oh, but compared to the other movies, it won, blah, or whatever. Like, why not just a quiet, indoor, no audience, no nonsense thing? The world would complain like crazy because they don't like change. But I might like something like that where it's just a little more intimate. Yeah, because it'd be a podcast. It'd be a <laughs> podcast with Charlie Rose and Chris Rock. <laughs> That's really what you want. You just want a podcast with. In fact, you want to know what you'd love that that uh, what's it called that that uh, half of the bag episode. It's literally what it is. It's two guys sitting around talking about the movies. <laughs> you're not wrong. I guess it is basically a podcast. Now that I think about it. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Who's this? This is TJ from Indiana. Hello, TJ from Indiana. What's on your mind? Uh. I was listening to another podcast. This is the first year I've ever really paid attention to award shows and people analyzing them. Sure. And this guy went on a, like a five to 10 minute rant about like why George Miller wouldn't win the Oscar this year. And uh -huh. it, it was so political that it blew my mind that they're not based on like the merits of the movies half the time anymore. 
Ah, see, now now we get into the minutiae here. Thank you for the call. This is interesting because if you want to if you want to pile up on that bus, there was a time during the the lifespan of the, all the talk about uh, Fury Road that was a lot about George Miller's a feminist Nazi and he's got a bunch of Nazi feminists helping him make and he's got vagina monologues lady down there coaching the actors and this is nothing more than propaganda for the tree hugging lady people or whatever, right? That was sure. a big that was yeah. a big topic. So I guess. This is the part we can't avoid. If we're going to be into this competition, if it's going to be something we're interested in, regardless of the format, we have to accept the fact that there are going to be fringe thoughts, ideas, and assumptions about these human beings that really nobody really knows. Okay, but I don't think that's what he's getting at. What's he getting at? He's saying political, and I think what he means is the politics of how you get an award, uh, how you get a movie to win awards, which, you know, famously became brought to the fore a little bit more by Harvey Weinstein in the 90s. Yeah. Because what he realized is, again, this is a small community. Yeah. It would it would shock you to understand how small it is, right? And so if you really want to get your movie to win an award, what you do is market your movie to people who vote, right? So this is political in the idea that they want people to go into a room and write down their thing in the same way that everybody who's running for president wants you to go into a room and write down their name. Right. So it's like they're saying George Miller isn't going to win because George Miller isn't going to go to the Directors Guild forums. George Miller isn't tight enough with the studio. So the studio is going to fund the the rolling road show to all the different retirement homes in Hollywood where every single person there is a member of the Academy and they all vote, you know, in a block. Right. Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's why when he says politics, okay. Like more like office politics. I get it. That's what he means. Yes. He means local office politics. And that's why Mad Max didn't win. It's why, uh, Shakespeare in love won over saving private Ryan is because there are people who are playing that game and there are people who are not, who are just happy that their film was nominated. My dad would call that STP or the same 30 people. It's this idea that you're just, you have the same rotating pool of people that are there roughly for, you know, 20 year careers. And they're all sort of the same basic be- group of people making movies, producing them, acting them, being in them, writing them. And then that rolls over to next generation. But then it's another STP. It's another 30 people. And it yeah. just goes on like that. And that's a weird business, man, because we all look at it and go, it's huge. And it is if you count TV and a million other kinds of media. But if you're just talking movies, which is what we're talking about, that is an insular, small, very sad, runny mascara shit show. Well, sure. And listen, we shouldn't necessarily be complaining about this too much, considering the fact that we took our own tiny community and completely blew it out of the water with the podcast <laughs> awards last year yeah. where we all just uh, we're, 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 we're dripping in awards by the end of it. We got we that uh, people treated oh. us kind of badly after that. We people were upset and uh, it, maybe there's something to be learned from that with this. They can all know. suck it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, hi, it's Gabe from San Francisco. Hey, oh, San Francisco. Represent the most expensive city in the world. Everyone yeah. thinks it's cool there, but really, the ruin and pizza. What's on your mind? Well, uh, <laughs> I was just looking it out. I have a question about uh, what gets nominated. Um, do you guys ever think we'd get like an animated film, like what if Inside Out would have gotten nominated this year, or like a horror film or a sci-fi 
we were starting to get there. Like Mad Max was nominated, but I mean, what if like Miyazaki comes out of retirement and makes, makes the most amazing animated film of all time? You mean it would be shot? Well, we've had we've had yeah. animated movies be Best Picture nominations before. Like, um, sure, yeah. I mean, I think that happens periodically. Again, I think it it is dependent on whether or not the studio really wants to get behind it. Like this year, you had a movie that probably um, could have, if it were wider, uh, if it had a wider appeal, uh, you know, that, that, that Animalasia movie that's uh, written by Charlie Kaufman that apparently is oh, really, really Animal good. Anomalisa, that's it. Anomalisa? Yeah, Anomalisa, uh, like an- Anomaly, an- but with Lisa at the end, yeah. Yeah, animal style. I didn't know. <laughs> You, so anyway, I mean, yeah, he, he had a movie like that. Inside Out was a movie that at one time people thought about, you know, maybe you should do it. But uh, I mean, again, there there are entrenched elements within that community that are like, you know, man, cartoons are for kids. Yeah. What, what are you going to do? Yeah. Nominate. You want to complain about an American culture problem? For me, it's the ever standing for whatever reason. Enough people haven't died yet who still think cartoons are for kids. And, uh, you know, whereas Japan and others, France is a good example pushing the envelope with incredible animation that is not necessarily directed at children. Uh, we still have that problem over here. We're getting better, but it's a slow go, man. My parents are like, ah, cartoons are for kids. I'm like, no, they're for me. And, and then it turns out I'm, you know, in my forties and they're still for me. And so, yeah. uh, I, I hate that. It, like, forget about puritanism or puritanical society or whatever. It's let's talk about cartoons and when you're too old for them or not. Uh, all right, Scott. Well, here's the question. Then you have to watch sex scenes with your kids. Yeah. And then cartoons will be uh, uh, understood as an uh, an adult art form. That's well, the trade I have to make. Yeah. <laughs> How many movies? All of them. <laughs> like nine and a half weeks. Like so it, every for every sex scene you watch with your kids, another movie is taken seriously. <laughs> so right. if you want to get through all, if you want all of them, all the 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 the. the the cartoons that are made for adults to be taken seriously. You got to watch all the sex scenes with your kids. Oh my gosh. I don't think it's worth it. Although I, maybe it's okay <laughs> enough for me just to know that they're great. I don't need to prove it to everybody else. You'd probably take the bullet on a few of them though. Right? Maybe like there's probably a uh, maybe. few movies that are animated that you really feel strongly about. Mm-hmm. And, I you, might. and you take the bullet on. Like I like, I'm a, I have an unnatural adoration for uh chicken run. I'm a huge sure. fan of that Ardman animated fantastic film from 2000. Uh, I love it, and I wish more adults would take it seriously. I think a lot of them do. We're preaching to the uh, choir here, so I'll, I'll, I'll trade you that for Basic Instinct. Oh gosh, dude! You gotta watch Basic Instinct with all of your kids. But then you're missing a really important detail here. That requires me to sit down with my kids, who I have converted to be full-on Seinfeld fans because of Hulu. So- and you're telling me I have to be in a scene where they get to watch Newman stare yeah. at the naked hairy crotch of what's her name? Is that what she, you're telling so, me? Yes, it's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, we're going to take one more caller before we wrap things up. Who's this? Hey, it's Buckeye Fitz, you guys. How hey, are you? Hey, man, it's nice to talk what's to you. Up, um, Hoping you got some legal advice for us today. Just kidding. You don't have to have any. Oh, not not today, but I do bring the politics. But do you think part of the blowback against people watching the Oscars is the fact that basically everything's kind of tailored, it seems, for the recipients of the awards to kind of give their own little political speech? I mean, they even put a ticker 
at the bottom to kind of get their normal things out of the way this year. So, well, you know, this, so remind me, so I keep hearing about this ticker and I never actually saw anyone accept anything. Did they, so, what was the deal? So basically what, what they had is because obviously they want to try to keep the runtime of the show down short as they can. And they, it's awkward when people get played off, which usually happens because they need to move things along. Yeah. Uh, they decided this time, because they've done a few other things where it's like, oh, okay, well, backstage, you can continue your uh, your speech and we'll put that online. And that nobody really liked that as a solution. So the big thing now was, okay, everybody write out your speech. And then when you get up and you're walking to the podium, we'll just run your speech down below like it's ESPN2. And, and this is how you're going to find out that the... Oilers beat the Kings, right? <laughs> so that's what they did this year. Yeah. And, uh, and and with, with you know, who knows? Uh, uh, nobody drew a, 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 an ASCII penis. So, like, I, I don't know if I was really satisfied with it. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it seemed like, like, like that was just a way that you could get people's names out there. But I think what Buckeye Fitzy is saying is that what it wound up doing, at least in its optics, is that, oh, yeah, now you can get all that thanking of your kids and parents out of the way in written form so you can verbalize that global warming is, is caused by... Oh. And if you eat gluten, then you also are racist. Well, what so if it's a knock-on effect is all? What if they came out there knowing that they were going to have this little ticker at the bottom taking care of the basics about who you loved and who inspired you, but then they've just decided that rather than do more thanks or be gracious or whatever, like, Hey, there's our chance. We have this window. Like they're just kind of hacking the system a little bit. I mean, maybe like, I guess here's, I don't know. This is another kind of pet peeve of mine. When people are like, I understand that actors are annoying. Actors are very annoying people. We like them when they play characters, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's like, uh, what is it, the Vonnegut story? Is it Harrison Bergeron? I think it's Harrison Bergeron. Mm, mm. But it's, oh, no, 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 it's not. It's another one. It's in that same Welcome to the Monkey House book. Long story short, there's uh, a Kurt Vonnegut story about a, an actor who's literally an empty vessel. Mm. And, and in this local acting troupe, all the women love him when he's playing a character. He's strong, he's romantic, and they all wind up going out on dates with him. But none of them ever really pan out because... He sucks when he's not playing a character, yeah. right? Yeah. He's just an empty person. Sure. And I think that was Vonnegut's perspective on actors. And I don't think it's an unvalid one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like actors are annoying. Yeah. They're, they're, they're annoying people in general. They're annoying people. The more you get to know them, we fall in love with them because we love their, their work. Right. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, they're not who we want them to be. And that frustrates us. They don't share our political opinions. They don't uh, they're not polite in the way that we uh, ask ourselves to be. And, and, you know, so we get really upset and angry with them, including the fact that, yeah, politically, they are diametrically and radically opposite to a lot of the people that buy tickets for their movies. Yeah. And like, that's fine. But it ain't never going to change, man. Like, it's just always going to be there. We're always going to have a bunch of people going on and on about, you know, very liberal and progressive causes at the Oscars because that's just what L.A. is. And that's fine. Yeah, it's never been any different. I mean, the only time it was different is maybe those early 40s 
original uh, Oscar nights where nobody said anything but thank you and good night. Sure. Um, and they and they named the best picture award after DW or the best director D, the DW Griffith Award, a man whose most famous film was about the clan. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Um, all right. Well, if, if you've uh, at home or live enjoyed our conversation about the Oscars, oh boy, just wait till whatever next week brings. Because who knows, man? Could be anything. Could be nerd talk of a different ilk. It could well, be. Listen, yeah. Who knows? This is a show that is built around the community that uh, calls in. We don't got a show unless y'all want to call in from all over the globe, like you guys did today. Thank you so much uh, for for being a part of it and uh, spread the word. Head on over to iTunes. Head out on uh, anywhere that you find uh, that you get your podcast. Write us a review. Rate us uh, and and subscribe to this program. We're, we're doing our best to bring you the program that you want. Yep. Hotline Monday on Twitter. Follow us there. You can also email us your thoughts, your feelings, your attachments, your whatevers to hotlinemonday at gmail.com. Keep that live number handy so when we do live shows, you can call in 801-895-4724. If what you have to say happens in weird times of the night and we're not around and you have to let us know, you can leave us a voicemail at a different number, 801-471-0462. Rewind and hear that again if you didn't catch it the first time. Uh, Justin's at Justin R. Young. I'm at Scott Johnson. There's got to be something to pimp here. Where are we at with contender business? There's something cool to say. There has to be. There always is. Oh, man. If you are in the Austin, Texas area next Wednesday, I will be... Uh, uh, live and in in charge right there in uh, in Austin, Texas and uh we're going to have ourselves a hell of a good time uh playing the game Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. So uh keep up uh with with all that and uh we'll uh man, it'll be it'll be super fun. It'll be a party for everyone and that means you. Um what else? There's going to be standard.us uh go on Amazon if you yeah. want to buy it there. Yeah, there you go. And then uh what else? There's something I was supposed to mention here tonight and I forgot what it was. Don't remember. It was a big one, though. It was a good one. I have no idea, so I'm not going to worry about it. Just go to frogpants.com for everything else. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, Justin R. Young, Scott Johnson. I uh, think that's it. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll be back next Monday, 3 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern for another Hotline Monday for me and for Justin. We'll see you then. Bye now. show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this broker <laughs> yeah yeah yeah